everyone, and welcome back to Allentown Presents. We are working through our rom-coms, and I'm here with Alexis. Hello. And today, Alexis and I tortured ourselves and watched P.S. I Love You, <laughs> which you're, I know you're saying to yourself, well, Katie, that's not really a rom-com, and you're right. It's like a rom-drom. But we don't give a fuck, because it's a good-ass movie, and we enjoy crying and torturing ourselves, apparently. So, if you haven't seen this movie... Stop what you're doing and go watch it right now. Like, I don't know how you missed it. If you don't like rom-coms or romantic movies, sorry about it. I guess don't ever watch this movie. But if you like them and you haven't seen this somehow, stop what you're doing and go go watch it. It's great. You will feel all the emotions. Yeah, you will, you. you will cry. Something in this movie will make you cry. It's like just guaranteed. So, the <clears throat> basic plot of this movie... Uh, Gerard Butler and Hilary Swank are in love and married, and they're a normal couple. They're living in New York. They're trying to figure out what to do with the rest of their lives. They're like in their... She's about to turn 30, and he's in his mid-30s, and they're kind of just, I don't know, living, I guess, getting by. They're not like... They're concerned about like babies and stuff and like, you know, growing up, quote-unquote, but they don't know what they're doing and then stuff takes a turn and gerard butler dies his character dies you find out throughout the movie that the reason he died he had a brain tumor and he knew for a while that he was gonna die and because he knew for a while he was gonna die he set up these letters that he wrote to his wife holly and or to hillary swank's character holly and it was just little reminders that he loved her and things that she needed to do at different points in life. And he set up this huge dramatic plan of like when each letter is going to be delivered to her and how it's going to get there and what it's going to entail. Like one of them was like, oh, you need a bedside lamp. Like, you know, we never got around to doing that, but you need to do it because... Well, you know, just little things to get her just kind of out of the gloom and doom of the fact that her husband just died. And then some were a lot bigger, like, okay, go buy yourself a nice dress and go do karaoke or, you know, whatever. So through her series, or through the series of letters that he writes to her, she ends up getting a trip to Ireland out of it with her best friends. And they, like, she finds out that her best friends are moving on with their lives like one of her friends is getting married and the other friend is gonna have a baby and it all just kind of like freaks her the fuck out because everyone gets to move on and she's kind of just there like she's still super in shock even though it's been a long time since jerry has died um and then she gets back to new york and she like goes back into seclusion she like (laughs) hides from her friends doesn't want to talk to anybody and goes on this mission to really find her next thing like the letter i don't know something happened in ireland and it sparks this thing in her where she needs to figure out what her next like job and life and stuff is so she kind of pisses off everyone she knows and loves because she doesn't talk to them for a while and she tries to figure out what she's good at and what she wants to do with her life and be she ends up becoming a shoe designer which is fucking cool and crazy and weird and then she makes up with all her family. Basically, that's the whole movie. <laughs> in the very end, she ends up going back to Ireland. So they go in the middle of the movie with her girlfriends. She goes with her girlfriends, and she meets Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Mm-hmm. Fucking hot. 
And then she goes back again with her mom at the end of the movie to kind of take her mom just out to get her mom out of New York, just celebrate life, experience life, because her mom never really got a chance to do that because she was raising two kids. Yeah. And then there's kind of a hint at the end that she's going to end up with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and a hint that the mom's kind of going to end up with Jeffrey Dean Morgan's dad. So it's like this cute. It's really weird. It is but weird, also cute. but it's cute. <laughs> I don't know. It's really, really good. And it's really emotional. Like, Mm -hmm. every step of the way is emotional. If you've ever lost somebody, you're going to cry at the loss of her husband. If you've ever been broken up with or had your heart broken, like, you're going to cry. Really, if you just have any feelings at all in your little soul, you're going to cry at this movie. Um, It does have a great cast. So, Holly, the main character that's played by Hilary Swank... Um, Jerry, her husband, who passes away, that's Gerard Butler. It's got James Marsters. It's got Lisa Kudrow. It's got Kathy Bates. It's got uh, Harry Connick Jr. Um, what was the other actress? Oh, Gina Gershon. Gina Gershon. Um, Who's just everybody's friend and or yeah, she's always She's always like a movie. second friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's really good. I think she's underrated. Yeah. And then uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, if I haven't already said that like seven mm-hmm. times. Jeff Dean Morgan's butt. Yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's butt. Because he's American. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's got a really good cast. It's got a really good movie. It takes place uh, in two different locations. It's got New York. Like, there's a lot of uh, famous New York spots that you'll see. They, like, go into Central Park. They go into Yankee Stadium. There's, like, a bunch of random New York s- shots that you see. And then also Ireland, which is really cool. They never really show, like any of the big city in Ireland, but it's, they do show a lot of the Irish countryside and it's fucking gorgeous. And honestly, this movie, when it came out, started my obsession with wanting to go to Ireland. And I'm so glad that both of us, we we got to go do that um, last year. year. Yeah. Almost a year ago. We're like coming up on the anniversary of that trip. Oh my God. It was so good. Go to Ireland. (laughs) Everyone. Seriously. But spend like two weeks there. Yeah. Spend two weeks. Save up a lot of money. (laughs) Like a lot, a lot of money. And go do all the things. Rent a car and drive all over that country. It doesn't take you very long. We drove from one side to the other in three and a half hours. And it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And it was totally worth it. We got to see so much cool shit. (laughs) Sorry. Sunsets. Oh, my God. Ways that you can't see them here in America is really cool. Yeah. The cliffs. Oh, my God. Cliffs of more. Except next time I want to go back and make sure that it's not during fog season. Yeah, that it's sunny. We got to go in the summertime. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was so, so fucking beautiful. Okay. So now for some fun facts about the movie. There aren't a ton because I don't know why, but yeah. All right. During the filming of the strip sequence, so Gerard Butler like does a strip tease for Hilary Swank. His suspenders hit Hilary Swank on the forehead and she received a cut and had to be taken to the hospital where she received several stitches. (laughs) (laughs) So he did a striptease and but really fucked her up. Did they write it? I wonder if like it hitting him in the head was written in after that. Probably. Or that was maybe the point and then it just accidentally like snapped her in the face. <laughs> why would they have filmed that? Like why wouldn't they have just... Uh, I don't know. It was just, so weird. That's funny. That's funny. It was so weird. All right. Um, 
According to an issue of People Magazine in 2006, Jeffrey Dean Morgan said he had to learn to play the guitar for his part in the film really, really quickly. His guitar instructor was Nancy Wilson of the band Heart, and he was super thrilled about it because he had a huge crush on her when he was a kid. Um, Gerard Butler had to make public apologies to Irish fans after this movie came out. (laughs) for his really poor attempt at an Irish accent. So I can't tell that this is a bad Irish accent, given I am not Irish. Like, I don't notice it. And honestly, from going to Ireland, he sounded pretty close to most of the people that we met. Like, I don't... Everybody seems to sound different. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess he made a bunch of people mad, so... Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so this film is based on a book... Um, called P.S. I Love You. And I guess the plot of the film is very different from the book, but all the letters are exactly the same. Like, they kept all the letters just the same. So I guess the book takes place completely in Ireland, and the movie takes place in both Ireland and New York to, like, give it more depth, I guess. Um, let's see. Do they, like, live in Ireland then? Like, was New York not even a thing? Probably. Hmm. I would assume they just... Yeah, that's got to be it. I don't know. I didn't read the book, so yeah. <laughs> I haven't read it. I probably should because I really love this movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. At one point, Hilary Swank's character tries to choose between different job options. She's like weighing the pros and cons of a bunch of different things. And one of the things that she has on like a vision board of jobs <laughs> she might be good at is Vampire Slayer. <laughs> which is funny because James Marsters is famous for his role as Spike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> and on the spin-off show, Angel... Hilary Swank's film debut was the film version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, oh. and Gerard Butler played the vampire Dracula in Dracula 2000. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> they all have like a weird tie-in to vampires, which is very coincidental because that's also our spooky monster of the month on the Spooky Movie Squad. <laughs> so we're doing vampire movies. So that's fun. <laughs> well, it's funny if they actually kept the letters like true, Yeah. then the letter was written because it even says, like, in, in one of the letters he writes to her, like, yeah. and you can't do Vampire Slayer. Yeah, no, Vampire Slayer's not a, not a real career. Interesting. Yeah, so that's all the fun facts. Now we're going to get to some opinions, ideas, thoughts on the movie. All right, who is your favorite character in this movie? <laughs> yeah, now you got to make a choice. Um, I've, I mean, Jerry. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Gerard Butler's character, the one... The one that, spoiler alert, dies. Um, <clears throat> I feel like because one of my least favorite characters, I'm not going to pick her, but like one of my least favorite characters is Hilary Swank's character, even though she redeems me later on. Yeah. Redeems herself later on. Um, for for Gerard Butler or Jerry to like put up with a lot of her kind of... Crazy? Her crazy, which you, you figure out is like, you know, abandonment issues times a thousand. Yeah. Um, cause her father left her mother when she was young and like an adolescent that really, yeah. like, um, I, I think she honestly like tries to push people away. And so for him to just like be this saint of a man and like still love her through that, like was really cool. Um, yeah. to think, to do something like this, you know, just plan out letters and, you know, like meet up with his, with her mother who like, he knows doesn't like him. Um, you know, yeah. just all that stuff is like really selfless. And, um, you know, when he's a musician. I like that too. I think he tried to like make her a better person, even though he kind of 
in the end puts it all on her like you made me a better person etc and i'm like really did she yeah um <laughs> like you were already a pretty freaking cool person yeah so. you were already legit you didn't need you her didn't need and her didn't baggage need facts so yeah I, i'm gonna go with 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 jerry he's the one i mean in terms of like the character wise like yeah he he's he's my fave yeah so I love uh, all the stuff that Jerry did in this film for sure. He was a wonderful husband and boyfriend and he did legit. But my favorite character in this movie is Denise. <laughs> Denise, Denise. Lisa Kudrow can, like, I don't even understand how she was so good in this film. Yeah. Like, every line, every single word that she said had this, like, quip. Like, yes. everything had a quip and, like, this... I don't know. The emotion that she brought to her, like, best friend role was so good. And she really drove in the humor of this film. Yes. Like, it was mostly... I feel like most of the the humor in this film came from her. And she crushed it. Well, and I completely agree with you on that. Because I think Lisa Kudrow, in general, is one of the most underrated actresses in Agreed. Hollywood. Um, in terms Agreed. of, like, her time on Friends. Obviously, I feel like a lot of that can make you feel typecast. But she really brought some of the more extremely emotional parts of Friends. Oh, yeah. She brought with her wit, like, the way her voice sounds. And then, obviously, like, a lot of the funny parts, too. And I completely agree with you. Like, she was in, in my running for, like, top character just because, yeah. like, of the levity she brought to, like, such a, you know tragic parts of the film um, yeah but yeah she's freaking hilarious and her I love the way she sounds <laughs> her speech to james marsh's character in the bar when they're she like makes some comment like some gross comment about a guy's ass that walks by and james marsh is like "Ugh, could you not like how about you you know treat a look you wonder why you're single or some bullshit mm-hmm. like that and she just lays into him like after thousands of years of women being treated like shit yeah i'm gonna fucking talk about Mm -hmm. his ass with whatever like bullshit gravitas i want to and no one's gonna say a damn thing and i was like you fucking get it lisa kudra you are right (laughs) she'd like yeah it's yeah i'll be as vulgar as i want you fucking right you will be because you watch these movies sometimes and you know there's obviously like obviously you know hillary swank like Academy Award winning actress, right? Gerard Butler. They're all like fantastic actors. Um, and sometimes these bit parts can be like some of the worst, worst actors are like not as good and they're just yeah. there to kind of be filler. And for them to get someone like Lisa Kudrow to really like provide a lot of oomph to that role, I think was really, really good. She, she was not a throwaway. Even yeah. Her character could have been easily throwaway. They're just the friend or the sister, right? Yeah. You know, but she brings it. Yeah. I loved both the friends when they go, to Ireland and they get mm-hmm. their letters. Like, first off, let me talk about how awesome it is that Jerry wrote letters to each, like, not only his best friend, James Marshall's character, but also to his mom and dad, of course, mm-hmm. but his wife's be- two best friends. Yeah. Like, they both just, like, broke down in tears when they got their mm-hmm. letters. And, you know, he had something special to say about both of them, like, to boost them up, and then also, like, brought it, tied it into... Holly's story which is the main story that we're trying to talk about in the film and it was I loved that yeah and you know Lisa Kudrow's character just like I don't understand how you do this like I can't handle I got one letter and I'm just like this is too much yeah yeah what about your least favorite character in the film uh my least favorite character I think is I think his name's Daniel I looked it up yeah Daniel Daniel um Harry Harry Connick Jr. Jr. Harry Connick Jr. is an actor good job I'm not you know not dogging on this. I just his character for for them not to end up together 
what's the point? Like, I, I was, I'm sitting here, you know, it's been 10 years probably since I've seen this movie. I know it came out in 2007, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. And it was one of my favorites. And I'm still like, what was his purpose? Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. she came around eventually to be, um, you know, a stronger person, etc. Like, yeah. through her own um, adventures and, and, you know, thoughts, right? Like, and he didn't yeah. really help. And so I felt like a lot of his scenes was just like, ugh, this guy's really damaged. Like, why does she have to deal with him? Like, why is he hitting on her? Like, this is, it just wouldn't happen. Like, nowadays, it would just be really weird. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I turned to Katie and I was like, it's hard watching this as an adult because I'm sitting here being like, what are you saying? Like, you're a damaged, broken person and, like, she doesn't have to put up with you. Like, she's having dinner with you. It's not... Yeah. Like, I'm sorry that she doesn't see you that way. Like, quit. Make, I don't know. So, but, so I feel like the character was one that I least liked, even though, like, as a, as a actor, I think Harry Connick Jr. played his part because he made me kind of, like, annoyed with him. Kinda like yeah. Like Christensen did with Anakin. Like, you just don't like Anakin. <laughs> My little brat. No, I agree. Uh, I think that Daniel's character was... I don't know. I felt... When I watched this, when it first came out, you know, fifth... What was that? 13, 13 years, years ago. ago. Jesus. It was a long time ago. Jesus. Uh, I was in a different headspace. And mm-hmm. Daniel's character didn't rub me the wrong way as he does yeah. now. He was just like, oh, a guy that's like... He uh, has feelings for her, and he's hitting on her. Are they, like, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Are, will they, won't they, like, the whole time. And I was just like, okay. But definitely now watching it with, you know, more maturity, having been gone through more, rela- like, different relationships, different phases of my life since those initial viewings so long ago, he ha- is definitely the worst. Like, she kept telling him, like, no, this is weird. Like, I'm not ready, clearly. Like, my husband just died. Like, and he's just like, okay, well, tell me when you're ready. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm still not ready. Mm, all right. When will you be ready? Like, are you fucking ready yet? And he yeah. just kept, like, bugging her about it. And then in the end, like Alexa said, they don't end up together. Like, they tried for a second, and it was weird because they had, I don't know, they were just, like, friends. I don't know. I liked that they were friends because it showed that she had the ability to, I don't know, broaden her yeah. social circle, I guess, because... A lot of people in their 30s don't. Like, <laughs> adults just don't, for whatever reason, it's really hard for adults to make other adult friends. Mm-hmm. Like, if you didn't make friends in college, like, yeah, good luck to you, man. Cause... Well, and I feel like, and, and because his character is my least favorite now that I'm seeing, I don't, I, if you had asked me 13 years ago when I first saw it, I wouldn't know what I would, I'd, it'd probably be the mom or something. Like yeah. That. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> just because she, throughout the whole movie, she just kind of like, she had a stank face. She, she, yeah, because she's ticked off her daughter found love and she didn't. Like, yeah. you know, and you can see that. But, um, but now seeing it now, it's like, man, wouldn't it have been much better writing to actually just have like a male female relationship that wasn't like one sided where someone loved that person and that's why they were talking to them? Like, wouldn't it have yeah. been cool for them to just him to be, be at the friends. bar, see her at, a, at the funeral of her husband where she's just like devastated, him having lost somebody too and having gone through something tragic, even though it wasn't death, it was something, you know, what he shares was pretty tragic for, you know, I can, I can imagine. <clears throat> yeah. And for them to just connect and bond over that and have her grow from that friendship would have been such a better way to write that character. Oh, yeah. Than, I agree. Than what they did. I don't know how it is in the book. I'm, I'm yeah, imagining now it's probably a little it. different in the book. But the way it was done in the movie was very odd. And the fact that he has, like, Asperger's or whatever and just says what he wants is, like, 
for what purpose? Like, yeah. what purpose did that serve? Like, you didn't <clears throat> talk about Asperger's or what even it is. Yeah. Like, you just said, oh, I have a syndrome and I just get to be rude. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, well, and, and, I, and I, that totally, I missed that. I, I, I missed it in the beginning and I, and I missed it sort of again today until, like, you, you had mentioned it, like, during, while we were watching. And I was like, oh, God, you're right. He says that. And it's like, yeah, for what? What are what plot point are you driving home here? Other than, I guess, in this day and age, you see it and be like, yeah, this isn't how you treat people. Yeah. When you're a broken person, this is how broken people talk. Yeah, it was just so odd. And like, okay, if you're going to give him like Asperger's or some type of social syndrome where he's not like, or social issue where he can, like doesn't know how to read the room, then lean into that and really yeah. talk about it. Like, they never discussed it. They... It, it was just like an offhand comment, like, oh, you just get to be rude to people? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, sure. And then Is that, that was why it. She kept talking to him because she felt sorry for him. And if right? so, that's it was like a so really bad social weird. commentary, like, too. <laughs> it was so fucking <laughs> yeah, weird so. and out of place. Like, they should have filled in that gap there. Or just not had it at all. Yeah. Could have been just a normal dude. All right. What about the music in this film? So good. Um,. Uh, you'd mentioned it like she was just walking down the she was running down the street to get her first letter and it was just you know at some point you know some woodwinds or whatever just kind of playing about and i was like man yeah this is really really good john powell knocks Class. it out of the yes, park he does. he's so good every time um well and it, it's funny because it's it's not overt but it's a really good score yeah um i feel like when i was talking with somebody about you know, the best Oscar um, original composition that just won this last, you know, a week ago. Hilder, um, whatever her the name one is. for Joker. I actually saw Joker and I left that theater being like, if this person doesn't win, I haven't seen all the films up for it, but if this person doesn't win, I'm going to riot. And it's because the, the music didn't overtake and it added to, like, I couldn't have imagined watching Joker without her score behind it. Yeah. And I feel like this... Definitely, obviously, I don't think it's on the same caliber like yeah. as what the Joker film was. But every single part of this film that had music in it was meant to support. Yeah, it was intentional. Exactly. So, like some of the classical stuff in there actually made you feel like you were in Ireland, or made you feel like you were on a busy street in New York, or you know, like frenzied or yeah. sad. Um, and then any one of the various songs that they sang. Yeah. Um, with the exception of Hillary Swank's first. <laughs> karaoke song which was stupid um uh but uh you know she got to strip tease there oh, yeah that was fun but Galway girl that's and i then, love that song i remember singing it a lot yeah in ireland when we went i was like oh we gotta go to galway yeah <laughs> so this this movie um of course like because it's about ireland and it's or not about ireland but part of it takes place in ireland and at the time, there wasn't a lot of movies that take place in Ireland that I had seen. Um, this movie, like, set a love for Ireland in me that, like, I needed to go there. Mm-hmm. Like, the music in this movie, both the classical soundtrack and the contemporary soundtrack, just, like, solidified my want to go to, Ar- to Ireland. They had... Um, classical like harp and stuff like yes you know the the instruments that are not common really in american music mm-hmm. um but to really give that feel of being in ireland um that john powell added to the classical soundtrack and then they had um if i ever leave this world alive by the dropkick murphys mm-hmm. and they had um or not the dropkick murphys by flogging molly and they had um what is that other song i'll love you till the end by the pogues 
And then yeah. Galway Girl, which um, Gerard Butler sings in the film. And it's just fucking great. Like, the three of those songs will stick with me forever. Mm-hmm. And they were on my playlist, like, that I listened to when we went to Ireland. I was yep. like, yep. I had an Ireland playlist. And those three songs were, like, up at the top mm-hmm. before all the other, like, Flogging Molly and Dropkick Murphys and all that kind of stuff uh got dropped into the playlist like those three songs were like my jam yep and then i added a bunch while we were there because they have music everywhere in ireland (laughs) so i just kept adding to it and adding to it when i feel like i mean i I think every culture has like music at its core but that was i i turned to katie while we were there and when um they were in some bar and um Jeffrey Dean Morgan was singing and it's like every every musician in Ireland like in every single bar restaurant we went to looked exactly like him yep they um, were all hot they yeah and they all played guitar and and so it was just it was really cool to see that this movie took music and made it like the core because the songs it started out with yeah. it started out with that song and it yeah yeah just I appreciated a lot that the people playing instruments in this film were actually playing mm-hmm. instruments in this film or at least actually knew what they were doing like they might not have been playing what was tracking like what they ended up putting in for the soundtrack yeah but the hand movements like were right the chords like where their hands were was completely right and that is very rare in yeah. a film musicians always pick mm-hmm. that out in films like that's just How something pick it out <laughs> <laughs> that's just something that i can't like my eyes whenever there's an instrument being played mm-hmm. in a movie that's where my eyes go. It doesn't matter if that's not the main character. If yep. there's like some like street corner musician in the background, like I'm watching I'm that person and I need to know that they're doing what, like, are they holding that trumpet right? Mm-hmm. Is their shoulder, their chin rest on the right side? Yep. Like what, <laughs> yep. what shit are they fucking up? Because mm-hmm. that's the part, like, that's my dream job in Hollywood. Listen up, Hollywood. You want to hire right. me? Hire me. All I want to do is make sure that all the musicians, quote unquote, that you have in your films are holding their instruments right and they actually look like they're playing. Yep. That's all I care about. Okay? You would satisfy so many musicians if you just hire me. And exactly. I don't need a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm broke already. Like, you could pay me, <laughs> you could pay me in grilled cheese sandwiches and I'd be happy. Mm. <laughs> multiple cheeses yes with the fancy cheeses not american like no (laughs) i mean fancy cheeses i'm not that i'm not that broke (laughs) well but yeah which is what makes it so annoying that hillary swank's two two parts of this movie where she actually sings she's not singing live and i don't know if gerard butler and jeffrey d morgan or whatever were singing live when they were doing it but it sounded like it um and when her karaoke came on it just ruined it i was like yeah. Why, like, even if I she is a crappy singer... Yeah, I don't think Hillary Swank can sing is which the is problem. Which is great, because... She's not like, supposed to be like able to. It's like the joke. It's karaoke, It's yeah. like the joke that she can't sing, and, and like, mean, even Skillethead later on makes a joke about it, quote, yeah. unquote, you know, that she can't sing. And yeah. it's like, why didn't they just have her not... Yeah, it's really weird that they dubbed it over at the points where she was singing. Like, there yeah. was no need like, for that. Most actresses in Hollywood have, ha- are have like, musical training. Yeah. Well, they came what up I thought was really weird was that first song that she sings mm-hmm. um, in the karaoke was clearly not her at the beginning. Yeah. But then later, they, like, backed the, the backing track down, mm-hmm. and then you could actually she, hear her singing it. Yeah. And she wasn't bad. Like, it wasn't awful. Yeah. It wasn't great, but it wasn't awful. And I'm like, why the fuck wouldn't you just keep that in? Exactly. That's stupid. It was really dumb. I know for sure Gerard Butler was singing 
or can sing because yeah. he was the Phantom in Phantom of the Opera yep. oh, in God. like two thousand three or whatever. Whenever that movie mm-hmm. came out, um, which a lot of people don't like him as Phantom, and I get that. Sure, why not? Yeah, but... but he can sing. End of story. Like Hugh Jackman can sing. Mm-hmm. Like we know that these people can sing, and I'm pretty sure Jeffrey Dean Morgan like has a band. Like actually sings in a band yeah i feel like i read that yeah, somewhere he does. you're right yeah like he's in some like you know one of those bands that has a whole bunch of famous people in it but i'm pretty sure he's like the singer or something of a band now i don't know that he could he did that before this movie because i know he learned how to play guitar for this film yeah. so who knows but at least a couple people in this film could sing it's yeah. so weird that they just like dubbed over, dubbed over her it, yeah it was just so obvious so but other, yeah. other than that all the other music gets an a yeah all right, what did you think of the storyline of this film? Like how they <clears throat> wove together the love story of both Holly and Jerry and Holly and all the other like side loves. I am seeing this film. So when the first time I saw this film, um, I was in like year six and a half of what would eventually be a seven year long relationship where we broke up. And so I saw it then and bawled my eyes out. Um, not because... I had ever really experienced like a complete earth shattering loss before, but just because I think, you know, you just know what it's like to kind of go through stuff like that. And so I feel like 10, you know, 15, 13 years later, whatever it is, like seeing it now having gone through that breakup and having gone through other things in my life, it's like, I see it with a totally different perspective and, um, the range of human emotion that this musical or not musical, this, um, this movie shows is, um, really, really important and uh, I love the way that they show the arc of Holly, Hillary, um, where they show that she, you know, is kind of a broken human while she's married to him and then gets even more broken and she's, you know, literally walking, you know, walking away from everything and everyone she knows because she can't like deal with her grief. And I think that that's real and understandable. Yep. Um, anybody who's gone through something like that. Um, and I love the fact that they show that love is not just like between you and like a significant other, whether it's male or female, opposite sex, whatever. Um, but it can be shown all around you from your friends and the friends that stay by you when you go through something like that. I think it's really important. Um, and this movie really like flows that all together. Um, I think it's every, I mean, it's at least, you know, every person's dream to like have somebody like love them as much as like Jerry loved. Oh, yeah. I want to be somebody's Jerry. I want to be somebody's Jerry, right? Um, And so I I feel like this this movie, and we were talking about this earlier, um, rom-coms were the rage during this time, I think, and they're, I don't know if they are anymore. And um, I think when when you think about the plot of this film, I think what sat with me most in 2007 when I saw it was that I could see myself potentially being in that type of situation like the person that I'd met um in college we'd been together for six and a half years you know it was just kind of like organically meeting and it was like random that we'd gotten together and you know just kind of like this really cool kind of relationship right um and they just kind of met out of thin hair when she was like lost in a big park and he just happened to be there and fate just kind of brought them together um and so but I don't see that so much now but I'm weathered by time and age and life it's the meat cutes Mm -hmm. they don't happen anymore in a lot of rom-coms that's i mean in all rom-coms it's that's the main plot point the meat cute where 
the main woman in the movie meets the main man mm-hmm. in the movie or the man and the man or the woman mm-hmm. and the woman, whatever movie you're watching, where the two lovers end up meeting. That's the meet cute. And it's such a big, por- it's always the most important part of all of these films. Like go all the way back, like to the beginning of cinema, like Casablanca, the yep. meet cute in Casablanca. Like it just is. And the way that people meet in all of these films is so just random like oh i bumped into you at the grocery store like i you were getting mustard and i was getting pickles and we backed into each other and then we fell in love yeah let's go have hot dogs yeah let's go have hot dogs exactly (laughs) let's ride a rom-com right now i sort of mean that sexually (laughs) (laughs) but but um that has definitely gone away in the last i don't know 10 years or so because from cinema yeah fr- it's gone away from cinema because it's gone away from real life yeah like we've evolved moved on past the like meeting people just by like at random and now it's all very calculated like yeah. everyone is on their phones using apps and stuff and there have been a few rom-coms made in the last few years where that is the case. Like, people will meet on, you know, Tinder or whatever yeah. or Match.com or whatever made-up app in the movie. Mm-hmm. And they end up actually falling in love. And that does happen in real life. But it's not as organic as, per se, like, as just running into each other at random on the street and being like, oh, you have this and I also like that thing mm-hmm. like let's talk about it as we walk yeah and then you just fall in love and rom-coms were definitely really huge like Alexis was saying from like the 90s maybe late 80s mid 80s because yeah. mm-hmm. like the pretty and pink and all of that so the 80s to I would say probably 2010 and then they just kind of went away yeah like there aren't I can't think of a lot of really good rom-coms that have happened in the last, like, 10 years. Like, I have a few on my shelves, but the, even those were, like, 2011, well, 2012. Right. Like, as we were pulling out, because she has these two bookshelves, and by bookshelves, I mean taller Giant than Giant bookshelves. five feet tall. Giant bookshelves full of DVDs and Blu-rays. <clears> and <throat> we went through and were, like, pulling out all the different ones, and a lot of them I had seen, but... Yeah. We're before like 2012. They're all they're all <laughs> older, and like part of that is just what people want to see, want to pay money for in cinema. Like mm-hmm. right now, we're in a huge like action movie superhero action phase. Movie superhero Disney, like, yeah, Frozen style. Yeah, stuff. like people will always like there will always be an audience for animated movies because mm-hmm. people are always going to have kids. So yeah. those are never going away. It doesn't matter what is going on in the world. There will always be room for animated movies. And then right now, the superhero movie slash action movie has definitely, well, superhero movies have taken the place of, like, rom-coms. We still have action movies, like, regular action movies. And they have been, like, they've been the same. I I wouldn't say there's more or less action movies in any given year. Like, it's about the same. And same with, like, horror films. Like, that's been about the same. But the only, like, there's been a steep drop-off in romantic comedies and a like huge influx of um superhero films and that's really sad that like we have to choose one or the other because i love both rom-coms and Mm -hmm. superhero films so 
I mean, Wonder Woman 1984 looks like it's going to be both. So, <laughs> yes. I'm very excited. Hooray! Well, and I feel like, I mean, and maybe it's just because I was, you know, I was growing up watching a lot of those films. And so now I, I mean, I consider myself an adult now, I guess. Um, do adulting things every day. But uh, when I've watched, like, I think I've watched a few like rom-coms like over the last couple of years here and there and they all just seemed really contrived and like very poorly written. Yeah. And I feel like I've mentioned this I was when, we, when I did the pod about um, Home Alone. I feel like I mentioned that too. I feel like nowadays films are just it's not film and even sitcoms just like on TV. I just yeah. feel like the acting isn't as good. Yeah. The writing's not as good. It seems very formulaic even though these are all formulaic too but wondering if it's just nostalgia covering over the fact that like the plot was always formulaic. Maybe I just yeah, didn't I don't realize know. it. I think <laughs> I think, it, I think it comes with not what because in any given what month week like you're not just watching rom-com 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 like yeah. over and over and over again because I noticed that as as well with um when we did the Christmas films yeah. like I was watching you know I watched one every day for 25 days and halfway through I was like fuck these are all the same like these, I mean, I like, yeah, right. I love Christmas films, but they definitely have a formula. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, here's the character. Oh no, Christmas is in trouble. Guess what? <laughs> they fixed it. Like, that's how it is. And rom-coms are very similar. Like, oh, they meet. Then it's like a will they, won't they? And in the end, someone's happy. Like, yeah. they end up happy. For almost, like, 99% of rom-coms end that way. Fuck you, the breakup. You're right? a horrible <laughs> film. And I hated you. Oh, man. <laughs> But that's pretty much, like, how rom-coms are. So they can't be released, like, they can't, there can't constantly be rom-coms, like, in the theater because everyone would just get bored. Yeah, you're right. Because they're so similar. Yeah. But, like, even now, I was trying to come up with, like, rom-coms that had been made in the last year, last two years, and all I could come up with was Last Christmas, Mm -hmm. which came out in November of 2019, and then, what, like, Crazy Rich Asians, which was less of a, I mean, it was kind of a rom-com, but not really, because they were, like, already in love. There wasn't, like, a, yeah. we're starting a relationship, we're trying to figure this out. It was, like, no, they're in a relationship, now they're just testing the trials against his family, basically. Yeah. But it was just the two of those, and I can't think of a single other one yeah. that that was released in theaters now. I did watch like 20 rom-coms via Netflix <laughs> that all came out in the last year. Some were great, some were absolute trash. But again, Netflix isn't making any money on these, really. So just putting them out. Yeah, I don't understand how Netflix makes money when they make new movies because like people aren't just adding subscriptions to yeah. watch, you know, to all the boys I loved before, like People are adding subscriptions to Netflix to watch Stranger Things and then canceling them be- yes. when as soon as they finish watching Stranger yep. Things. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't understand how Netflix makes money, but I'm happy that they keep making movies because a lot of their stuff is really good. Thank you, The Witcher. No, it's not a movie, <laughs> but still. I haven't watched it yet, but oh, it's, so good. it's in there. I, there's a whole bunch of stuff on Netflix that I absolutely love, like yeah. Sex Education. Yeah. Classic. Um in terms of going back to the to the, I mean I know I feel like I derailed us a little bit but like oh, it's plot wise that's um, this podcast in a nutshell this is true um, <laughs> I feel like the plot um, this movie really doesn't have a moment where you're like ugh 
just get on with it already. I feel mm-hmm. like every single scene has a purpose. And so even when we went back through afterwards and watched these deleted scenes, every single one felt super awful. I was like, ugh, what is happening? Like, this is dumb. Thank God they cut this. Like, yeah. you know, the, and, and a lot of the deleted scenes were explanation scenes yeah. that, like, you didn't need in order to get the 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 goal of the movie. Yeah. Which I think it's Batman v Superman um, where the director's cut that mm-hmm. came out after that totally yeah. was better than the one that was yeah. put into the theaters because it explained a lot of things, even though it was over three hours. Yeah. Um, which means it was just probably why they movie. were actually friends for being. It wasn't right? just Martha. <laughs> Your um, mom's Martha. My mom's, mom's Martha. Martha. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but um, so like these deleted scenes like actually would have slowed the plot down. So I yeah. felt like, with the exception of the way that Daniel was written, the writing in this film was really good. Yeah. Um, it moved it along. You you really got taken along the journey with her. And so I think when in the third act, when she finally just like breaks down in her mother's arms because she finally realizes like he's actually really gone. Um, that scene where um, like her and her mom are talking, like the mother's really sharing some intimate, you know, like yeah. details about like her life and things like that. And then she gives her the final letter where like you really feel like this whole thing is like getting tied up in a bow. Yeah. Um, that's the part where I was ugly crying. Like yeah. Kim Kardashian can't hold myself together type yeah. crying, um, which I've done. I remember doing in the theater, the theater during the first like, you know, half hour of the yeah. movie um, where that boyfriend that we ended up breaking up with when breaking up with uh, was asleep. So, yeah. You know, foreshadowing. <laughs> But at any rate, um, I, I, I broke down during that time. So it's Let me like, tell you, the tears in this film that yeah. I cried, were it was a lot. I cried, like, at his funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I cried at every letter yeah, that same. was received. And then I ugly cried at the end with the mom. Yeah. And it's just, like, all of them. Like, every single letter. <laughs> That's too much. I know. That's so, so sweet. <laughs> just yeah. the finality of it like for for the movie to just kind of like speed along like that you almost think that maybe you're not feeling emotions but clearly like the payoff with the last letter was like you yeah. knew that it was coming you just didn't know when and you watched her really like grow and change into you know a different person than she was before yeah so he really did change her yeah um, he made her a lot stronger with those letters mm-hmm. it was pretty awesome yeah so plot a plus yes i agree the storyline yes i agree yeah, I would have much rather preferred him just to be like a yeah. friend. Like a regular friend, not like yeah. a I'm going to hit on you friend. Yeah. All right. Uh, what did you think the budget was for this film? So we we determined that Hilary Swank was a... She was an Oscar winner already twice. won her Oscar twice. Gerard Butler had already had 300, which I knew and then yeah, he also had, had three, forgotten. That 300, was like, Phantom of the Opera. This was, was his breakout film. He was like, big. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, so God, that means that he 300 already, is wonderful. Go like, watch 300. 300's fantastic. <laughs> uh, and I watched that and loved it when I didn't even like action movies because I, yes. was, I was trash. But, then, but you know, <laughs> I changed and I've grown. Um, God, so it had Hilary Swank, it had Gerard Butler, it had Kathy Bates, who, you know, is just... Also Academy Award winner, yeah. Kathy Bates. Um, God, and I'm like, I'm really bad with, like, understanding what things were. But I'll go with... What did we say that the budget for Home Alone was? Do you Ooh, remember? No, I have no uh, idea. I'm just gonna it's go. It's probably with, written down somewhere. I'm just in gonna this go notebook. with fifty million. It was thirty million. I was gonna say thirty million. That was a nice guess. All right, 
So budget was thirty million. Yeah. Thirty million. Budget was thirty million. What do you think it made box office wise? Um, I'm gonna go with a hundred million. I don't even know if that's good or bad. Hundred million. Well, a hundred million from thirty million would be a three. 300%. So that's for, probably not a good That's a pretty good. good. That's a great actually. Most films, a lot of films that we do like the the horror films, mm-hmm. well not a lot, but a bunch of the films that we've been doing like they're good if they make double. Yeah. And they're great if they make any more than double. Okay. So I'll, I'll go with 75. 75. This movie made 156.8 million dollars. Okay. Everybody went and saw this film. Like that's so much fucking money for a rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I went to see it, and I didn't see a ton of movies. Yeah, it was fucking great. I'm looking for that fucking shit. Damn it. I don't know where the Home Alone stuff is. I don't know how much Home Alone made, but anyways. I still actually guessed pretty well, though. Yeah, no, pretty I good. I mean, I should have stuck with my 100 million, but... Yeah, no, but this movie made so much money. Like... Holy crap, it made a lot of money. Back when, like, Facebook was, like, a first thing and you got to put, like, your favorite movies, this was one of my favorite movies that I put in there. Yeah. P.S. I Love You. Yeah, P.S. I Love You is fucking great. Mm-hmm. This is one of my, like, top five movies. I would say so, probably. too. Which, well, I, maybe which, not top five, but top ten for sure. Definitely top ten for me because, I mean, I've seen so much more since then. Um, yeah. In terms of, like, I mean, romantic comedies. Like, we, so we pulled out all of them over here and things that, like, I wanted... That I was thinking about wanting to see, and I chose P.S. I Love You. And I chose P.S. I Love You because I felt like, well, I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't care if I cry. I feel like my makeup's on pretty good today. Um, and I hadn't seen it since, like, a decade, probably, yeah. even though I claimed for it to be my favorite film. Yeah. I actually had bought it, which I didn't buy a ton of movies. And we went to Ireland last year, and I thought, like, it's the year anniversary. All those all those um, photos are going to start coming up on yeah. Facebook, so it'd be kind of nice to, like, actually relive this movie and see it. As I've already been to Galway. I've already been in yeah. the countryside. I've driven the countryside. Like, yeah, we've all, been there. Yeah, so it was really cool to like see this movie again. Kind of yeah. like already having experienced Ireland. Yeah. This film is fucking great. You should, everyone should go watch it. And like we have said, the more life you have experienced, the like this movie is going to hit you different. So if you're, you know, young, you know, a teen or whatever, watch this movie. You know, you might not appreciate it as much. Go back and watch it. Ten, like, wait a few years after you've had some life experience and then watch it again because it's going to change completely. Like, the first time I saw this film, I was, like, Alexis, super happy in a relationship with the guy from college. And, you know, I watched it a few times while we were still together. And then after we broke up, you know, this movie just, like, fucked me up for a little Mm -hmm. while like it's one of those movies that's really hard to watch if you're like fresh off a breakup or a death and then it gets a little easier and eventually you're kind of hillary swank and it helps you move on and you're just like well fuck it if crazy ass hillary swank could do it in this movie i could do it he wasn't that important (laughs) i felt like I mean, the cool thing about this movie is it, 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 it allows for the, like I said before, like the spectrum of human emotion. Yeah. Um, I've been Hillary Swank, where you're sitting in a boat in the middle of the freaking lake and your best friends are moving on with their lives and you're like, why can't I be happy for yeah, them? Yeah, like, you're just like I stagnant. feel like people who think that that is not a real human emotion or that if you do have that emotion where you're, you're not like immediately happy for somebody because of the own crap you're dealing with, like... 
to see it actually on film, like realize being yep. like, okay, this is a normal human emotion. I am not an awful person for thinking this. And then to see her work through that and come back around, apologize to them, you know, like own her shit. Like she, you know, in the, in the scene where Lisa Kujo is trying on the wedding dress and basically like reads her the riot act. And she's like, yeah, I was stupid. Yeah. And Lisa Kujo like, I didn't expect you to say that. I love you. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important. Um, this movie definitely gives you a perspective of what it, go- what it feels like to, go through hard times and to hurt people and to be hurt and then to come out victorious. So yeah. It's also a movie be, of redemption. To be a good friend. If yeah. If you're unsure if you're a good friend, watch this movie and pay attention to Lisa Kudrow and what's her name? Gina Gershon. Gina Gershon in this film. Like you will see the definition of what a good friend is yeah. and how they stood by her and eventually how they were like, well, fuck you. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, sometimes you gotta be that guy with your friends. Like, if they're not gonna contribute to the friendship, then mm-hmm. you gotta, like, just get mad at them and be yeah. mad. And eventually you'll come back together, because that's how friendship works. Yes. But this movie is fucking great all around. All the human emotions. Yes. It's so good. All right. Seven words to describe this film. I'll go first, because mine's not as good. I mean, <laughs> I think it's funny, but it's it's not an actual synopsis. <laughs> Do all Irishmen wear bracelets and necklaces? I mean, that's a good question. There <laughs> were a lot and rings and rings. Both of them had rings, like tons of rings and bracelets. Like and the, necklaces. you know, like um, I don't know if it's the rocker, like because they're both yeah. like guitarists or what. Like both times that she was lying in bed naked with each of these Irishmen who look the same, by the way. Um, Jeffrey used Dean to. Morgan used and to Gerard Butler definitely look, used to look the same. Um, they're both, both hot. With necklaces and like multiple leather and chain bracelets. And I was like, I was watching, you know, because of just sex scene or whatever, right? And it's like his hand is on her shoulder. And I'm like, isn't it cold? All those rings all and those yeah. rings and all those bracelets. And I mean, not the bracelets, chains, whatever they're yeah. called. And I was like, doesn't that hurt her? Like, that would hurt me. Like, yeah. I'd be really warm. And anyways, so. Yeah. Was, no, I agree. That was a lot. <laughs> And we had to, like, sit and think, like, oh, was it like that when we were in Ireland? Or I know. We're, like, trying to remember. We're, like, our, 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 our Irish friend Christian, who, by the way, met his wife in exactly, like, this meet-cute type situation. So yeah, it very, still does happen. Very similar situation. Fucking weird. In Iceland, of in all places. Not actually he's, Ireland. He's Irish. She's American. They meet in Iceland. And they're married. And they're adorable. And love yeah. it. But we like, love does, you. Does he wear necklaces and bracelets? And we're like trying to remember. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so if he listens to this, he's going to be like, oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a watch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So my seven words and for this film. Hillary Swank is crazy. Letters, tears, Ireland. That's this whole fucking film. Hillary Swank is crazy. She's crazy at the beginning. Like, to the point where you're like, seriously? What the fuck, Hillary Swank? She's just, like, way too in her head about every little thing. And some of it was like, okay. She, like, she's... So the movie opens up with them fighting. They're, like, arguing about... I don't know. He said something weird about like her not being ready to have kids in front of her mom. Even though it's both of them like together not having kids. Yeah. And she took offense. And she took offense to it, which is whatever. Like you're going to take offense to whatever. But she just like goes off on him and it's kind of crazy. And then she has this moment where she just like, why does it always have to be me 
who is, you know, thinking about these things, thinking about this and thinking about that and thinking about the repercussions and why we can't have kids and why you're like, you know, why we can't afford kids right now and what we need to do to have kids and to build that future for ourselves. And I literally said while we were watching, I was like, it's because you're a fucking woman. Yeah. Like, this is what you do. This is overthinking 101 that's just what women do like and even if you don't hysterically overthink like hillary swank does in this movie most women have just like checklists running through their heads like things they got to-do lists happening in their heads all the Mm -hmm. time at least most of the women i know and they're constantly like oh all right i did this little thing and this little thing and next is this little thing and it's never ending yeah like Every woman I know is just like always has so much on her mind. And it's not that like when Hillary is going crazy about and yelling about it, she's she feels like she's alone because Gerard Butler's character is not like doesn't think that way. Yeah. And it sucks. Like I feel bad for her. But also she has to realize that's just how women are. And men are not that way. Well, that's just how I mean, even then, like if you it's just how she is. Yeah. And I think it's like that entire opening scene is super frustrating. Yeah. Because it, and it's a master class in communication and lack thereof. Like, oh, yeah. Like people who do not actually express like what they think or people who listen to what somebody else says and project their own feelings about that. Oh, yeah. That. She did and that the whole time. I was like, he just said, oh, she, she, you know, I don't remember exactly what he ended up saying about her not wanting to have kids or, but you know, I could totally see somebody saying that, not understanding how somebody else might take it. And then instead of just saying, like, hey, that hurt me, in the future, could you just say, we are yeah. thinking this? Problem solved. Yeah. You didn't have a fight that then you have to, like, regret yeah. a year later because yeah. you were a bitch to your husband. Yeah, like, and then even in the fight, there was, like, multiple communication errors. He was like, tell me what you want, tell me what you want. And she was like, well, what do you want? Do you want to leave? And she just, like, kept pushing it back on him. And I was like, And then he was honest with her. And then she freaking throws a shoe at him. I'm like, come on. Like, she was a lot at the beginning. But she got better throughout the film. (laughs) Yes. Like I said, like, that was, you know, Hillary, like, least favorite character, Hillary Swank in, like, the opening scene. But then, like, one of my favorite characters, Hillary Swank, ugly crying to her mom and realizing that she's really come a long way. Yeah, she goes, she grows so much in this film. She does. It's nuts. All right, so do you have anything else to say about P.S. I Love You? Any closing thoughts? No, this movie's stood up. I like it. Like I said, like, I feel like I, I watch these movies that I haven't seen in years, and I'm like, ugh, is this going to be bad? And, it, and it, it's not. It's so good. I think, like she said, like, everybody needs to see it. It's one of those timeless, like, love stories that's not as formulaic as I think you yeah. would think it would be. I really like that you said it stood, like, it stood up. Like, it stood up against the test of time. Um, That really made me think about a lot of the rom-coms that I've seen recently. And something that is not in this film, cell phones. Mm -hmm. So, 2007 was, like, what, the year the iPhone came out? Mm -hmm. Like, smartphones were not huge. Like, we're barely just starting. They did have cell phones. There's, like, a moment where she gets on her cell phone to call his cell phone after he dies Mm -hmm. just so she can hear his voice on the answering machine or on his like voicemail um but other than that there's not a lot of phone like usage in the film like that's pretty much it besides uh like her family calling the answering machine in the apartment yeah like and 
who has answering machines anymore? <laughs> yeah, nobody has answering machines because everyone has cell phones. But in a lot of newer films, a lot of the plot is driven via text bubbles. Yeah. Like, have you noticed? I don't know You're if you've right, noticed that. Absolutely. It, like, they'll show someone sending a text and then they'll put it up on the screen, like, next to their face as they're texting and show the dialogue that they're that they're texting to each other mm-hmm. rather than like what it would have been in the i don't know 90 80s 90s 2000s mm-hmm. was like it would have been a voiceover like them thinking about something like yeah. a i don't know a dream sequence type mm-hmm. thing and then they would have voiced over that and said what they were saying the yeah. conversation would have happened via voiceover and now that doesn't happen anymore it happens via text and there's text bubbles on the screen oh yeah like the sent and like mm-hmm. received messages on the screen. And I didn't really notice it as we were watching it, but once you said that like stood the test of time, I definitely realized like wow, there was zero cell phone usage in this film. Like yeah. almost none and it was really refreshing. Oh, but just <laughs> that you you're reminding me of cuz I just did the best picture Oscar challenge thing where I just watched all the best picture films mm-hmm. and I'm just realizing now that pretty much all the best picture nominees were either period films that didn't have cell phones um, with the exception of Parasite. Parasite it starts out and they're like trying to get Wi-Fi in their old, you know, broken down shack of a place that they live in in Korea and a lot of the stuff is done through te- through text message and through WhatsApp and I was like, "Man, like the the range of but then the thing is is that was like okay because mm-hmm. but all these other films like you're right, they didn't it's so weird to not see cell phones." Yeah. And so I didn't even think about that, but it still is everything in this film is still super relevant today. Yeah. No, oh, that was crazy. All right, <laughs> so that concludes uh, our episode on P.S. I Love You. Again, if you have not seen this film or just haven't seen it in a while, you should definitely go check it out. I'm sure you can rent it on Amazon or find it somewhere on Hulu or find a friend that probably has it on DVD because some people still have DVDs like <laughs> me because yeah. I collected a whole bunch and then DVDs kind of went away, but it's fucking fine. I love it's I love movies, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so if you have any questions or want to talk to us at all, you can uh, tweet at us at AllentownPod on Twitter. You can email us at AllentownPresents at gmail.com. You can find us anywhere where podcasts can be found. We're on iHeartRadio and Spotify and iTunes and Google Play and everywhere else. All these other smaller I like places that people listen to podcasts you should definitely check us out you should tell your friends to check us out we've got the spooky movie squad coming at you with valentine or not valentine vampire movies this month we've got mr sparkle power hour which is our simpsons podcast and we've also got our weekly episodes for 20 minutes at the bar the last one we did was the hill i would die on and it's really fucking funny (laughs) so if you want to hear a bunch of people just yelling about some shit that they really care about and are passionate about, you should check us out. Um, yeah. yeah. S- join us for our next episode, which will probably be another rom-com. All right, love you. Bye. Bye.